The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. And we are back for another episode of the Salubus Podcast. This is Kalu. This is Chris. This is Brandon in the background. And today we are going to be celebrating um, Pride Month with what? You're, you're fucking wiggling your hands around. You're making me uneasy. <laughs> What's sorry. going on? They can't see my Put hands down. He's got the Put those bitches down, dude. You make me the fucking palsy. He <laughs> <laughs> said he's got the palsy. <laughs> Just keep him at a rested position. In All right. pockets? <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. All right. So uh, it, for part of uh, Pride Month, we had a situation which was actually, I don't know if you want to call it serendipitous or whatever, but like our guests essentially just fell into our hands. And uh, I'm really excited to have you on. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, <clears throat> I'm Bree, Brianna. My government name is Brianna. You call my, Bri. government. my slave <laughs> my name is Brianna. <laughs> She's white. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go on. Tell us a little bit more before we go uh, into everything. I, I so I'm Bree. Um, just turned 23 last week and came out on my 23rd birthday. That's awesome. So yeah, that's why I say that she essentially fell into our lap or our hands or whatever you want to call it. You know, it was it was just crazy that it happened right then. And so I said, hey, would you like to come on and talk about it? Just because I think that it would it fits well with uh, with the type of content that we drop. And so. I want to just go straight into it. You know, it's there's so many aspects to talk about. Uh, just the community. I don't even know how to. Well, you know, the first been, thing is like, what do you call it? You well, know, what well, I'm saying? Like, one of the one of the main things. I just got in a Facebook debate, if you want to call it. Yeah, that. I mean, there's lots of expletives and like belittling. Both on that's my on behalf. Your part. That's yeah, absolutely on your part. But motherfuckers saying like, why? Um, why is a straight pride parade an issue? Yeah, and having to unpack the totality of why straight pride is an issue is very much representative of a lack of understanding yes. of the plight of marginalized groups in this country. It's like saying White History Month, where a lot of people say that kind yeah, of stuff. It's absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely, because the qualifier is the status quo. That qualifier means nothing. Like, if it's if it's the go-to, the default, so to speak, socioculturally, mm-hmm. why the fuck do you need to reinforce that? Because you're already kind of in a place that you're subjugating other individuals. Exactly, exactly. So before we get on our, on our, on our soapboxes... <laughs> Tell your story. Start from the beginning. <clears throat> you mean like the beginning? The beginning? Yeah. Like when okay. you was a gay Like a <laughs> when gay. you were a gay baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it all started back on June 25th, 1996. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, um, man, she's got a good ass like, memory. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean, it... All through elementary school, I kind of knew that I was more attracted to like girls than the average person. But I was like, "This is this is everybody, though." I mean, yeah. we all just love people. Um, in middle school, it kind of like hit, and then in high school, 
it was kind of like confusing the whole time. Um, I was really involved in church for like seven years. Um, like did youth devotionals. So all of that was just like, no, that is not okay. So I was like, yeah, it's not okay. This isn't me. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is not fine. Um, so then I, uh, so I started dating this guy my, uh, right before my senior year. Um, and we dated for like two and a half years. He came to college with me. Um, when I was in college, I started working at Spencer Gifts, and that's whenever like gay pride, like propaganda and stuff, really was like just all around me. And I was like, oh, okay, well maybe maybe this is okay. Like, all right, cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Um, and I remember I what year? If you sorry, what year is this by this time? So at this point, it's 2014. I just graduated, and okay. I was a freshman in college. Okay. Um, and I was working at Spencer's, and I was just like, hmm, maybe, uh, maybe this is this is okay. And so fast forward like a li- a year, um, my boyfriend at the time we got engaged, and then we ran off and got married. Well, we had like a two week planned wedding, um, and he left for boot camp to go to training in the military. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna quit my job and do some soul searching. And apparently that soul searching was just what I needed because I was like, man, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> like so much of it. It was like, I'm real gay. <laughs> yeah, so, but then I stopped myself. I remember whenever one of my friends just looked at me one day and she was like, you're kind of gay. And I was just like, thanks. You, yeah. you know what? Yeah. yeah I that. think oh, I, I am. Huh. <laughs> but I, I stopped my, I remember I stopped myself and I was like, but I'm not all the way because I'm married. That no, I'm I'm bisexual because I have to make this marriage work. Cause really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause like I mean, I grew up in a small town, so I mean, it was just like that's what you do. You all these big normative things. You're like, I can't break the taboo. Yeah. Yes, just... because like there's there even if there's not all this pressure on you, there's all this pressure on you to like uh, get married, have children, give your parents grandchildren, give your grandparents great grandchildren, and it, it's just like. So if that's not where you fall in, like if you're not playing that role, it's it's kind of, to me, I was like, oh, shit, I'm disappointing my whole family. Like mm. I, I'm not falling into this normative role that they want me to fall into. So, and I was already married, so I was just like, you know what, I ha- I'm going to make this work. Everything's fine. It's fine. So I remember him coming back um, from training, and it was it was Christmas of 2016, and I was like, "Would you have married me if I was bisexual?" And I remember his exact words were, "No, that's disgusting." And I was like, "Oh, damn, wow, okay, that's judgmental on the motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. So I was like, "Oh, cool, 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 cool." Um, and then Here, was, here's what I want. I do cool. want to say. I, I think that. We should we should definitely be careful to not throw people into the trash for having a snap reaction kind of like that. It's just a perspective that they just lack. You well, know? and I think honestly, it gets taken personally is it the does. bigger thing, and it, it's a blow to one's ego, especially mm-hmm. if that same person probably came from somewhat of a comparable background, like traditional mm-hmm. values and stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. Would you say that's the case? Or? I mean, well, not. I mean, it's kind of like that, but also it's just like I could, while it, it kind of sucked that he said that, it's just like he knew me for this long and I'm just kind of like dishing out all this new info. Like, hey, here's this. 
Yeah. By the way, this huge thing. But he knew you as straight. Actually, the the funny thing is, the funny (laughs) thing is, when I told him, um, I was like, hey, I'm kind of gay. I remember we we were sitting in my my mom's house and we were in my room and I was like trying to get all this out because my mom was coming home. And... um, what a discussion to have while my mom's like coming home, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm kind of gay, by the way." Um, and I remember he, he he couldn't look at me, and finally when he did, he was like, "You know, this was one of my biggest fears. I was gonna come home, and you're gonna leave me for a woman." Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he knew what's up. So he knew yeah, what was up. Yeah, kinda. So fast forward, I was like, you know what? Because whenever I told him, I was like, "He's gonna leave me," so I'm just gonna do my own thing after he does that. So why did? You- <laughs> <laughs> why did you why did you get married? Um was it was it the pressure was that much? Cuz I feel yes like there's a, no. this happens to a lot of people where I think that they know something for a long time and um instead of shutting things down they double down on the, whatever Like having direction. a baby to fix a relationship yeah, or exactly. something like that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was well, going to say I, next. I think, yeah. I think the push in theory, people think that that's going to afford them clarity and another perspective. Like, if once I get immersed in this, I'll understand. You better. won't even think about it. It'll just yeah. be a little thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's honestly the exact thing. And then whenever I told him that and I was convinced that he was going to leave me, I was like, it's fine. He's just going to leave me and I'll start over. <clears throat> but then, for whatever reason... I remember after telling him that and he couldn't like really speak to me or look at me. I was just like, it's fine though. We're going to make it work. Every- what? <laughs> yeah, so you yeah, were yeah. doing damage control yeah, as soon yeah, yeah. as. Yeah. I was like, I was like, we're going to make it work. It's fine. I, it doesn't mean anything. It just means that I think women are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> like, <clears throat> I was like, everything is perfectly fine. So my, I remember my friend was like, why are you doing this? And I was like, you know, I can't just give up now. I have to at least give it one more shot. <clears throat> okay, so and you're how old at this point? I just turned twenty three. Oh, at that point I was twenty. Yeah. Okay. So, how was it? And we and can, it's hard enough being twenty. Let me go ahead. It, and say, I'm yeah, gonna it's hard say enough, it like, is very hard. Even being. if you were like have the luxury of not yeah. having society try and pick apart what you feel your identity is. Yes. It's hard enough being twenty. Twenty is yes. a confusing ass age. Yeah, and. You know, because I want us to put things through the grinder, like, was it just awkward being intimate with your husband, knowing, like, man, I wish you were a girl, or or something, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this just ain't for me. This just isn't for me, babe. I mean, like, you're cool. Yeah, and like, you're really nice, but, like, you, this bump. <laughs> it, if we're being completely honest... And just running all this through the grinder, yes. Because I was like, you know, I dropped out of college to marry this dude, and he's really great, so... Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I just gotta make this work. (laughs) Oh. oh. (laughs) I just can't even pick... Well, I can't picture that. Just like, oh. (laughs) Hey. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's cool, just babe. Imagination at its finest. <laughs> I, I, you know what though? I feel like, and, and it's a shame that a lot of you know, a lot of people in your position have they go through that and they go even deeper. They'll have a child, 
They'll do all yeah. sorts of other things. They'll, like they'll develop an, a public identity yes, and persona, yes. and then be like in their forties or fifties yeah. or some shit, and come out. And then you look back, and it's like all this time you've been living not as yourself. So it's, it, it, I want to say like I feel like I would I would feel lucky, it you know to be in your position and, and understand that at such an early age because <clears throat> you see so many people, gay or straight who have this realization later on that they the life that they're living is not what they've truly they aren't, they haven't been living their truth for years. Well, and it reminds me of Golfman, the front stage backstage oh, yeah. kind of front stuff and where I, I feel like some people actually have have developed a unconventional symbiosis where both people have kind of somewhat of an understanding mm. and they pair off. I mean, and I'm, I'm speaking about somebody specifically or a couple of people specifically that I grew up with mm. pair off, stay together, um, are a power couple, heterosexual power couple by all measures, but do their own things because mm. they want to imbibe in that very conventional public life mm-hmm. and don't want to be in any way ostracized by it because this is a small-ass town. Yes, If you're openly gay in Glasgow, Kentucky, it's not going to bode well for your professional efficacy. And I'm just being honest. Yep. That's the way small-town shit is. Are you from I'm around from here? I'm from a super small town. Uh, where Lake Cumberland is, Russell Springs. Or oh, there. I know okay. exactly where that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I I definitely think that town might might need a little bit of time to <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to get used to, to yeah. changes like that. But, but being deprived of what is romanticized to us, mm. that conventional like the white picket fence, all that that bullshit that's force fed to us mm-hmm. from birth, feeling like you're going to miss out on that shit or you're going to be denied of that shit is enough. And then also the ostracism element on top of that shit can't be fucking fun. Yeah. Did you feel ostracized at all? I mean, I know it was, you know, 2014 and for the for the most part the world is a, a lot better place, you know. It's it, it was a, it's a lot better time to be gay in 2014 than 2004 or 1994 yeah, yeah. or anything like that. But did you have to deal with anything like that? Um <clears throat> I remember whenever I was working at Spencer's, um I hired this girl and she was a lesbian. Mhm. And I was like, wow, I just really want to be open like her and just not even care. But then I was just like, no, 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 no. I need everyone to know that I'm happy with my husband. And I was actually going to have kids with him whenever I turned 24. I was Why? Like, Why 24? I was. Just, I don't even know. He wanted kids. And I was like, you know what? Let's have them when I'm 24. <laughs> Why that number? <laughs> A good number, I, I don't even know. I figured <laughs> yeah. I figured by twenty four I could like figure this out and kind of just like out of sight, out of mind, like it doesn't even matter. Like I could just get my shit together well enough to be a straight white female and have children. <laughs> but instead you want to be a gay black female. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. A liberation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so describe describe that feeling when when you when you came out. I I wanna know that. On my birthday, or or to like family, to, to family. family. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, because that was so, first, right? What, what, what was coming it? out to family? You was came first out to your family. Yeah, first? yeah, yeah. Okay. That was first. So, um, in 2018, that was like kind of like a rough like growing Shit, this year. Is, yeah, yeah this like is, okay. as soon as 2018, or should I say 2018? Oh, 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 oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So 2018 hit and all of the people I graduated high school with were graduating college. And I was like, 
oh, I'm just a housewife that doesn't even work. Because yeah. at this time, I quit my job because my husband at the time was like, we're not spending enough time together. I'm a night shift. I don't get to see you. And I was just like, all right, well, I'll just quit and start doing home decor. So I would like break down pallets in my garage and So you doubled and, down on the heterosexual yeah, white Yeah, you shit. went yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So then around like March to May, I was I just felt completely useless. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm just a piece of useless shit." Like mm. I what it what even like good is my existence? Like why am I even here? Um and it and my my husband at the time told me later on after we had separated, he was like, you know, I looking back at it now, like I I should have said something because I saw that you were like in this funk and right and around that time, I it was really coming down hard on me that like you're not straight, you're gay, you're not even bisexual, you are just gay because like. 2018 that's when everybody was like oh my god i'm gay like this is okay like i there's so many like people in the public and like in like celebrities that are like this is okay to be this way and i was just like you know what it is so <clears throat> it comes around june and i remember on my birthday i sat in a tub after drinking two bottles of wine and cried for like three hours about how worthless i was <laughs> Um, worthless because you weren't working or worthless because you weren't living your truth. Yeah. Like but all of stripped it of an identity. Yeah. Completely. Okay. All okay. of it. I was like, I was like, I'm married. I'm going to have to have children with this man and force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's a, a that's telling a, way of phrasing it. Too. Yeah. Very telling. Like, like force myself to live this picket fence life for my family. Cause that's what they want. And just be this military housewife. And I remember like my, like, my husband would like talk about what we would do when he got out of the military. And I was like, that doesn't sound like, I don't want to go back to my hometown. I don't want to live that life. Like I want to go places and travel and stuff like that. And then, so fast forward, it's like the end of June. I'm like getting a job as a manager at GameStop. I was like, you know what? Enough's enough. I want to do something and feel like, okay. Um, and my best friend had moved down to South Carolina, um, at the time. And, I remember we, we were working out together, um, and I had found this group chat on Twitter with a bunch of other gay females, and, like, they were kind of making me feel like, yeah, this is okay to be this way. Like, th this is fine. Um, everything's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything's that, okay. That is my favorite phrase. That set the tone for this entire conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember talking to them, and... I I I was just talking about like how I was I wasn't bi I was I was just gay like that was it I was gay and I remember working out with my with Selena and we were running around the pond on base and I remember she was the first person that I actually like told that I was like just full on gay just full on gay mm -hmm. and we were running and I I I was like hey what would you say if I just told you that I was just full-on lesbian? Hmm. Not bi, just full-on lesbian. And she was like, I, she said something like, it's about time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just waiting for me to say it. So at this, at the, at that point, I, I kind of knew that I, I didn't, I didn't want to be with Eric and I feel like a shitty person for that. Um, but I was just like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I just can't, I'm unhappy and that's not okay for me to like suck him into this and and make him think that everything's okay because everything is not fine. And the longer it draws out, the yeah. more precarious yeah. it becomes. Yeah, yeah. And, and instead of wasting his life, like he needs to have a chance to be super happy and like have the world from someone else, not from somebody that's just kind of like putting this cloak on and like posting pictures on Facebook and like, hey, we're happy. Look yeah. at me. 
So it it all kind of came when my mom, I remember my mom called me in the 1st of July and I kind of confessed all this to her. I didn't say I was gay though. And at the end of the conversation when I thought we were going to get off the phone, she said, "Well, I have a question for you." And I said, "What?" She said, "Are you a lesbian?" Hmm. And I was like, "Uh." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I started to cry, and I was trying to laugh, and I was like, what would you say if I was? <laughs> and, and she was like, well, I mean, what, what could I say? Like, that, if that's who you are, then that's who you are. And I'm incredibly lucky with how she responded yeah, to it. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that's really yeah, dope. Yeah, like, incredibly lucky. Like, I did not expect her to respond that way at all. Like, because, I mean, I grew up in that small town, and, mm. like, I remember, like, people in my family calling gay people sickos and like yeah, yeah yeah like yeah um so that that's always in the back of my mind and so and and I sat and cried on the phone with her and she was like why didn't you just tell me like I mean it's okay like if that's who you are then that's who you are and I was just like you know what you're you're 100% right and I and I remember I remember specifically saying I'm sorry. And she was like, why are you sorry for that? And she was like, and I was like, because, I mean, nobody wants to be the mom of some lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And she was like, it's okay, though. Like, I still love you. And I was like, thanks. So. Appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) Telling my dad, though. I never got a chance to actually come out to them. My mom asked me if I was a lesbian. And my dad found. Oh, he found out. Yeah, my dad this is really funny actually. So my dad made a Twitter to follow Donald Trump. I, I uh, love where this is going. All right. He specifically made a Twitter just to follow Donald Trump. I'm very different from my family. We, we all have very no. like, super yeah, siblings. Yeah. Uh, I have one brother. Okay. Um, Older or younger? Older. He's a mini me of my dad. Um, <laughs> so he created so Twitter account Trump as well. Jr. No, 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 yeah. he didn't. My brother knew because whenever I was like still trying to say that I was bi, I, I told my brother and he was just like, oh, well, that's good. I thought you were going to tell me you were pregnant. I was like, oh. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> so, he was right. So um, my dad made a Twitter to follow Donald Trump and he ended up finding my Twitter because it was linked to my phone number. And on my Twitter at the time, I my literally in my caption, like in, in the, like about me, it said lumberjack gay. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and he <laughs> He called up my brother. That's pretty gay. <laughs> he called up my brother and was like, This can't be true. And of course my brother being my brother was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and my dad was like, Just don't tell her I know. And what does my brother do? Calls me right after he gets off the phone with my dad and he's like, Hey, um, so dad saw your Twitter. Um, good luck with that. Uh, don't tell him I told you. And I was like, love you. Bye. Thank you. So I remember telling my mom, um, cause my mom had back surgery at the time. And I was like, she was like, why are you nervous? And I was like, because he's going to like kick me out and disown me. Like this isn't what now, are your parents together. No, no, no. They're okay. Separate. Okay. Okay. Um, and she was all loopy after her surgery and I remember her telling me and, I, and she was like, why are you nervous though? And I was like, because this is a sin to him. And she was like, but everybody sins. So like, it's fine. And you were like, well, fuck you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Once again, mom, are, yes. let, me, let me ask, 
Are you a people pleaser by nature? Oh, yes. For sure. And do you feel like that that has played a real instrumental role in how much agony this has inflicted upon you? Yeah, to the point where like when all this was happening with Eric, his birthday was in July and I was like, oh my God, I can't leave him before his birthday. I can't come out before his birthday. I can't leave him before his birthday. It's going to like destroy him and I don't want to do that. We even had an episode that was... Entirely, I think, on the concept of politely telling people to kiss your ass, like, like yeah. lovingly, like, yeah. hey, I love you, respect you, but this is my shit. I'm gonna mm-hmm. need to listen to that. <laughs> I don't know where it's at. <laughs> we deep now, yeah, but for real. Yeah, but I remember going over after my mom told me that I went over to my dad's one day. She was at home. This was like a day or two after the surgery. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to go over there because I haven't been over there or talked to him Did since. you leave your car running and shit like that? <laughs> you were just like... I should have. I, I, I told everybody. I was like, well, this is it. This is it. Because I remember him calling me after that and being like very like loving on the phone. And I was just like, why are you calling? Because like, that's not something we do. And he's like, I just wanted to let you know I love you and I'm, and I'm proud of you. And I was like... Oh, all right, all right, um, cool, cool, yeah. cool. So I went over there, and I, like, sat down on the couch, like, super awkward, oh, like, had God. my legs crossed. And if I'm comfortable somewhere, I will literally try to lay down in whatever chair it is. Yeah. Like, do, like challenge me. I can lay down in a straight-up chair. <laughs> um, so I sat there, fingers crossed, and finally I was like, I know you saw it. And he was like, saw what? And I was like, I know you saw my Twitter. Nothing. nothing. (laughs) I was like, I know you saw my Twitter. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, yes, you saw it. Just please tell me. And he was like, well, that can't be true, can it? And I was like. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you're right, Dad. I was like, well, I mean, there were a lot of reasons I left Eric. And that was one of the main ones. Yeah, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what he does? He gets up and goes to the kitchen and starts making a sandwich. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. You know, whenever I get some news, I'm like, I could go for PB and J. He's I like, like ham and turkey. We're, we're, we're like talking. Here we go. Clue's making a fucking sandwich again. Who dropped a bomb on him? On Wheatberry. <laughs> yeah. So he's like talking to me and like he, he said a lot of stuff and which I mean, it's out of his norm. I'm sure he didn't expect, like, growing up, like, going to church, like, that he was going to have, like, a gay daughter. And, which, I I love my dad, and he took it, like, way, way, way better than I thought that he would. And so, as we're talking, he's like, is it because I didn't take you to church enough? And I was oh, like, wow. I was like, Dad, I was heavily involved for, like, seven years in church. I really don't I think I think church it. is what made me Yeah, I would have, I would have fucked with him bad. It's been so, like, he's yeah. like, he's like super, he won't even look at me. He's like sniffing the roast beef. He's like, it's still good. Like, like talking to himself, and then he'll make a comment to me, and I'm like, what, are you talking to the sandwich or me? Yeah. Like, and and finally, and he 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 was like, why are you like, because I was just like, I was like, I'm so sorry, like I and and finally he like turned around and after like a few more things were said and said and he was like, I hope your grandma doesn't find out or to break her heart and like other stuff and then finally he looked at me and I was I was like, do you still want me to come over and like help like repaint your house and he was like, why wouldn't I and I was just like, well I mean because I just told you this, like, do you still want me to come over? And he started crying. And he was like, you're always going to be like my baby girl. Oh like, man, that's all. That's awesome. Yeah. And I like, came over and hugged me and I was just like, Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, the, those moments is work. Yeah. Yeah. Pats. <laughs> you know, those moments when, when you're a kid and you go and, and tell your parent that you messed something up and like, you're like, 
dad's gonna whoop my ass. You know what I'm saying? And you're <laughs> yes. just coming up there like creeping, just like, hey, um, I, uh, yeah, man, I, I could, I literally see something like that ha- like happening. And so it's funny because it makes me think of um, my my older sister. She's gay as well, and um, just me being, you know, and I don't want to like steal any thunder from her story, but just giving my perspective of it, being a little brother. Uh, and sitting in the living room. Is that who you'd be listening to? Like, she'll call and you'll put her on speakerphone and she's just, hey, you need to come down to Chocolate City yeah. and kick it. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the time. She's so, in Atlanta? Yeah, she's in Atlanta. And so, um, you know, my sister is like, if there's one thing that, one trait she got from my dad, it's like the, if she feels passionate about something, she's like an activist. Like, she is a, like, going to war for it, right? But this was not the case. It was something that she felt so strongly for, and I, I could, I could feel that just being on the outside looking in. And uh, I remember the moment when she, she came into the living room. I know exactly where we were all sitting. I was sitting in the couch like this way. My mom was across from me, and my dad was uh, standing up. And she comes up, and she's, and she's like crying. And I was like, "The fuck just happened?" Where, you know, we just got done eating Sunday lunch after church and everything like that, and. Uh, and she she doesn't she doesn't say I'm gay. She says I'm homosexual. She says it just like that, like proper. You know what I'm saying? And and she says it while like sobbing. You know what I'm saying? So it comes out. I I thought it was funny because it was just like I'm ho ho ho. Remix. But like when she she said that, and I was just like, oh, okay. You know, I was like that. But like my parents like the shit the bed. I mean, like you are you are lucky because like, you know, and my parents, they're all about my sister now, all about her. She she is once again the favorite child. But uh, you got some work to do. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, but get it together. Lulu. <laughs> I know. Seeing seeing like my mom like screaming, you know, and, you know, my dad having to do the damage control, play it cool right there. But like afterwards, it was not cool, you know. Uh, and just from from my upbringing, we're Nigerian, and so in Nigerian families, I mean, it there's no gay people. Isn't it illegal? In it's Nigeria? That, yeah, like and and in some parts, like that shit will get you killed, mm-hmm. you know. And so, well, hell, in the United States, it's like yeah, that. in the United States, it's like that. And you know, it's a very religious country and a very religious culture too. So it was like it was very tough for them, and there were, I mean, they went. I, I don't. It felt to me like years without talking. There were some times where I would come home and I'd be like, "Oh, where's mom and dad?" They have driven up to Lexington to go and like pray and convert my sister to like not be gay anymore. Like that was just going to like just get fixed. You know what I'm saying? And so being on the being on the outside looking in, it's it's so it's very good to hear a story like that because I think that even now there's so many people that do not get. They are not fortunate to have something like that, and um, you know it just makes me even think. Just as a as a father now, you know, and I see my stepdaughter, and I'm just like, I don't care who the hell you, you are with, but it's just like, it's it's hard though when when people grow up so long thinking that life is going to be this certain way, and like you can't even fault your parents for for like if if they get mad. Because that's all that they've ever known. You know what I'm saying? It's just a perspective that they that they just lack. And the only thing that you can hope for is that they can build the understanding and build that love and just rediscover 
if you want to call it that, rediscover their child, you know, and just be like, look, okay, they've been living this way the entire time. Like, I just need to be available for them. And so many people don't fucking get it. Well, they make it about them. They, they take, make, they it, take it personally. Yeah, they make it about them. And it's... it's Because the, the first thing he said was, what's your grandmother going to think? So yeah. it's it becomes and, and like And that's a it's a vector of control. Guilt yes. is a huge vector of fucking control. But um whenever I, I think about uh the story that my girlfriend was telling me about some guy he's kind of it was kind of a bizarre interaction, but he's harmless as far as I can tell. But he's a cancer survivor and they had a conversation about the legalization of marijuana and he was like, Well, you know, I was very against marijuana in all forms until I had cancer myself and it saved my life because mm-hmm. I was going through chemo and it allowed me to eat, keep weight on, sleep, things like that. And it gets framed up in a positive way, but at the root of that is, bitch, you didn't have... There's a litany of cancer survivors out here lauding the good impact of you know THC and CBD, but you don't want to listen to them. But once it impacts you personally, you become somewhat of an advocate for it. But that's one, one <clears> of the <throat> things that I said in our episode before is that nothing matters to anyone because we we as humans do our best to frame the world in a way that fits our own narrative. And so confirmation we, bias. It, it is confirmation. Yeah. And so when cognitive dissonance, when shit doesn't happen that's sitting outside of your world, it's very easy to not give a shit about it, you know. But now you know speaking from your parents they probably didn't care they probably thought it was disgusting and all that kind of stuff but now they're like okay we we for real have our daughter and now they i would hope that it's afforded them some perspective to see like these other parents that for real now have their sons and daughters and stuff like that but i think one of the big things is when they see you loving another person 100% as yourself like i've I remember my parents were fine. Like they became fine with my sister being gay, but when they saw her with her girlfriend at the time or any of the ones that she like, like and seeing how happy she was, fuck dude, it's, it's just a good feeling. And I love seeing, and my mom, like my sister's last girlfriend, my mom, like I swear, I thought she liked her more than my sister. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, you know, for me, I was like, oh man, there's someone I can model my clothes and fashion after. You know, now I just model my shit after Barack Obama. That's, <laughs> that's the shit we we joke. Cool. It's like Clue where's my the Barack Obama collection? I <laughs> yeah, took his yeah. little picture while he was outside. <laughs> but uh, um, men's warehouse ass. I know, right? It's like oh, I've, I've got to look good for for the United States. But uh, yeah, they. It's it's crazy whenever people can 100%, you know, love someone, love their child, especially when seeing them show that same type of love to another person. You know, it's 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 really beautiful being able to see that. And, and just to reiterate, it is a huge shame to see so many people that get pissed about it and they throw their kids in the trash and all that other kind of stuff, regardless of your your religious affiliation or anything like well, that because and, that plays a big part in it. And that's the thing that we're so anti-dogma. And I think the other side of the coin for us is um, with, with being anti-dogma is individuals, I guess... It, it's completely slipped my motherfucking mind what I was going to say. I ain't going to lie to y'all. <laughs> God damn it. It happens. You know, I, I was going to do the oop and then it, I fucked I up. I threw man. an alley-oop up there. Yeah, and I, I don't know what I was going to say. I apologize sincerely. Okay. Your like, haircut looks fresh. Huh? Thanks, man. It does look <laughs> good. It really does. Huh? I was going to leave me. <laughs> 
I got it done, and she, I was like, I look like a different person. She was like, you looked fine before, and I'm like, <laughs> thanks. I look like a homeless yeah. mess before, but yeah, I, for, I forgot what the fuck I was gonna say. Oh, oh, yeah, no, I, I <laughs> totally motherfucking remember now. The other side of the anti-dogma coin is this narrative. The application of an overreaching narrative, generic narrative that we place over our lives is one of the most stifling fucking entities Mm -hmm. that we don't even recognize exists. Is this just pervasive, overreaching narrative on how things are supposed to go. And we fly into a fucking tizzy when something breaks from that narrative creation. And we use things like the media, movies, books, um, things that are passed down from family members. Everything goes into that narrative. And then when it breaks from that shit, it causes enormous stress. So I I think this is a huge illustration of how detrimental trying to fit your life to fit a certain box versus, I I guess, the opposite of that. You know, you you can have a basic framework for how things work, but when you start looking at your your own life through third-person perspective halfway, it's time to step back. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I do have a question. Because you came from the religious background, you were very deep in the church, I know that probably still has a little bit of, I would imagine, since this is all still kind of fresh, right? Is that something that crosses your mind even just a little bit? Yeah. um, I mean, I'm not religious now. Sure. um, But, like... Every now and then it, it'll cross my mind. Like there, when I was like super heavily involved in church, I had like this second family at church that I like, I loved. They always made sure that like I was okay growing up. Like they took me with them everywhere. And I did not come out to them before I posted that on Facebook. Like when I, when I was Ooh. coming out, cause I didn't know how to like say that. Um, because it, it's just like the whole time, like when I thought about like wanting to, admit that to them I was like this is gonna be like I know that they're not gonna take it as well as like my parents did or Mm. like other people like I'm literally gonna be like a disappointment because like I like at the time was supposed to like whenever I was like 18 before I realized that I or 17 whenever I was gonna go away to college I was like supposed to like be like the next youth leader and stuff like that and Mm. then I moved away to college and like we weren't as close and but we still kept up with each other but so when I posted that on Facebook, like I drafted it the night before, like I was on the phone with one of my really good friends and I was like, help me pick out a quote. And <laughs> I was like, I was putting State so of the much Union thought address in, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Literally. And even then, like I was supposed to be at work the next morning at like, I think nine and um, 9.30, and I was up until, like, one thirty two, like, drafting this. Like, I was so tired, and I could not find the words for it. I was like, I just want this to, like, be meaningful, and I want people to, like, see me for me and realize that this has always been me. Because this was, like, my first public, like, hey, I'm gay. Um, and I knew that they were going to see it because they're heavily involved in Facebook. And, like, and I was like, as soon as I post this, this is it. Like, uh, this is going to be the kicker. Um, so when I posted it immediately after it shared like the picture and the quote and like the, the caption and everything, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I turned, uh, we just now became, yeah. yeah. They I were turned, like, Walt Whitman, you fucking chose Walt Whitman. What's your, no, no. <laughs> so I immediately after it posted that morning for work, I turned off my Facebook notifications uh, and I was like, I mean, what did you, what did you think was, did you think people were going to like 
I mean, I I didn't know what was gonna happen, and I I don't know if that's me being dramatic or what, but like most of my like Facebook people are like people from church because I was so heavily involved. Like I met a lot of people in church. So, so what did they see? What things were you posting before this? Um, not was it really. like Christian stuff or no, just not really anything? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> was it like was, memes or um, something? Yeah, 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 yeah something like memes and stuff. It, yeah. it was very surface level. Like she's okay. She's still happy. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, so I like in the month of June, I remember sharing um, this thing where it said uh, Doritos is making rainbow Doritos. And I shared that. I was like, oh, here we go. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, stir the pot a little. Um, and of Edgy course, as fuck. of course, my grandma saw it. Um, she didn't know yet. I was yeah. going to tell her before I actually came out on Facebook. But she went up to my dad and was like, is there anything we should be worried about Brie for? And my dad was like, oh, um, well, I mean, she's gay. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, and it was awful. Um, really? She did not take it well. Um, she texted me and said something about how I, after, since school was out, I needed to find, like, a church to go to and, like, good Christian friends and find me a good Christian man. And Was it in all caps, like, all old people text? No, 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 no. It had, like, heart emojis <laughs> at the end. And, oh then, and then some dog emojis. I was kind of confused about that. So... Take she, everybody away from dog. old people. <laughs> she, Take them away. I, I read it and I was like, well, something's up because she doesn't usually do this. Yeah. I feel like she knows. So I called my brother and I was like, have you talked to Nanny lately? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, well, he's either lying or just hasn't. So um, two days later, I get this big long text message um, that says that I'm shaming the family. Mm. Um, I broke everybody's hearts. Um, diseases come with this lifestyle that I'm choosing. Uh, uh, I've broke my father's heart specifically. Um, I, she said that we've had a lot of hurts in the past few years and the hurts that she was referring to was my grandfather and my cousin dying. Um, Mm. so just, just a lot of, a lot of shit that, um, I expected from everyone but didn't get from anyone. So I thought, you know what? I have like, like I have so many supporters and like, this is amazing. And then when she finally found out, it kind of like hit that, like what I was expecting Mm. was there. And I remember I was counting my drawer in at work and I got that message and I kind of like, just got like, everything just got kind of like fuzzy. And I was just like, wow, this is cool. Um, and I tried to like laugh it off and I was like, oh, look what my grandma just said to me. Oh. <laughs> no yeah. biggie. No. Yeah. Everything's fine. It's fine. Grandma's, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Man. Um, and then when I got home that night, it kind of just hit me and I was, well, actually on lunch, I remember calling my dad and I was like, you told her, didn't you? And and I was just kind of like, one, I was like, that was what, that was supposed to be my story to tell her. And, um, but I mean, at this point it was probably better that he told her because apparently she like, like she was crying and like couldn't talk. And like, it was just what I expected. Like, mm. and I didn't text her back. And what I did was I texted my dad, all of these things that I wanted to say, it was like a five page message. Like I, I drafted that message at like two in the morning mm-hmm. too. Um, and it was like, you know, it's not like, it's not fair of her to say that I'm shaming the family and saying we, like, it's not about her. This is, I mean, 
I, and it, it was just, it was basically me saying all of my feelings, like, hey, this isn't okay, and you know, and finally, I, I texted her back like a week later after she texted me and said, please, Bree, don't do this, or I'm still praying, something like that, and I finally texted her, and I was like, you know what, first of all, if we're going to throw stones at people, let's let's talk about everyone's sin in the family. Mm. Because one, my brother is divorced with two children out of wedlock. Um, my father is divorced. Um, my like every like my aunt's divorced. There's people I eating mean, shellfish left yeah, and right. Exactly. Yeah. Like and if like you have <laughs> pierced like ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so like and I was like, you know, the only reason that um you're pointing this out and you're so upset about this is because you can't just sweep this under the rug like mm. and and fit in this perfect like family picture. All of these other things can, but mine can't. So this is the only reason that you're pointing this out. It's about control. Yeah, and I was like, and you know what? In the Bible it says that everybody falls short of God's love. So why are we not focusing on that? Like, it's not just me in the family. That I mean, Like, they're cherry-picking what sins they want to form as being worse, like, gradiating Yeah, sins. like, all sin is the same. Like, it's selective sinning, man. Like, hmm. So, with what you just said, and you said that you also, I mean, you obviously brought up the Bible there, it still does play a part in your life? You're just kind of at a crossroads with it, or what? Um, not really. I mean, it doesn't okay. play a part in my life. Sure. But I mean, Hail I'm Satan. educated enough. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I'm I'm educated enough on it to throw stuff back out, like if that's thrown at me. You can use it. All right, let's. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up Jehovah well, Witness. I do the same shit. All right. Well, let's let's play a hypothetical here. If if you still believed, if in 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 your world, if God is real, how do you think that God would view you now? Um, you know, I've thought about it and like read and interpreted other stuff. And it's just like one of the, like, this is probably going to sound like a big stretch, but like one of the 10 commandments is like, thou shalt not lie. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm lying about who I am, isn't that just as much of a sin? Sure. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, and, and what God would punish you just for being honest with yourself yeah. as yeah. well, you know? Because if you lied and denied that part of your existence forever, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, me forcing myself to be in this five year relationship and be with a man and like make myself like have this great, like picture perfect life. Like it, me lying about that. I mean, that's just as much as like, yeah. I mean that. I think the I I think that the worst thing that anyone could do is lie to themselves because I've seen people just destroy themselves off of lies. Well, and it's it's centered around loss of identity. Like yeah. there's reciprocity between like, and we talked about it in the addiction episode. Is part of addiction is you know you lose who you are, and every time something that's kind of in keeping with that addiction, like you know, you steal from a family member or something mm -hmm. like that to pay for whatever it is, you you lose another piece of yourself. And yeah. over and over again, each one of those encounters strips you of a little bit of your own personal utility. You're not an active participant in your own life. And you have no fucking identity by the end of it. And that's not a sustainable thing for... I would like to think for most people, but yeah. honestly, I find... You know, I work with the severely mentally ill. Um, and they... You know, these are complex individuals. It's not like a one-size-fits-all thing. Dealing with a lot of people that have normal to above-average IQs and shit. But when I see them 
dealing with real shit the way that they do and they triangulate and they fight and they resist and they're in situations that if I was in that situation I'm like god damn I can't say that I wouldn't be displeased and expressing that and triangulating <clears throat> with service providers and shit but it also affords me the perspective that when I step out in the general public around people that are air quotes capable individuals and they're trying to feed me a line of bullshit I don't have any time for that yeah. at all like I have zero patience for capable individuals that are trying to impose some contrived, they'll lie to themselves and they'll come to you with their lie hoping you'll reinforce that shit. Mm -hmm. Tell me what I want to hear about my bullshit. And I just can't do it, yeah. man. Yeah. It's off putting to a lot of people, I sure. would imagine. But I think for for me, if I were to it's it's hard for me in my in my heart of hearts to think that there is a being, a God out there that thinks that one person is less than another point blank i just and i think that true, by, by virtue of of things out of their control out of their control yeah and you know i think also that and i've said it before in our religion episode that like in my opinion true power is letting the world just happen and not interfering there's more. There's more power. He's a in libertarian. Yes. Kalu's a fucking libertarian. Hardcore. <laughs> there's there's more power in in not interfering in some things than going in there and trying to, you know, change things, make a make a gay person straight, or like be a fix, like be, yeah, fix, be a fixer. Tamper. You know, that's it's a very more like human. Tampering, yeah, right? that's a very human thing to tamper and, and well, to say even, that someone is, who is gay. Like that, you should that religion should make you straight. That that feels like a god that is tampering, and that's a very human thing. Well, from and a so, sorry, go ahead. No, I was like, and so I cannot again in in good faith like be okay with that. I think that if you're gay and if and if there's a god out there, then God's like, uh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> well, okay, like next. And, and Neil deGrasse Tyson when yeah. he was asked about and not not it's not like I'm like oh he's the end all yeah. be all from a philosophical standpoint, but they asked him about mm -hmm. you know his perspective and his perspective was either from the evidence that I've seen around me, if there happens to be a omnipotent being watching over us, that God is either not all good mm -hmm. or not all powerful or not all powerful. Yeah, because you don't and even the Hellfire Doctrine and I'll, I swear to God I'll quit. <laughs> after I say this shit, but even the hellfire doctrine talking about sin, you you create imperfect beings with the knowledge, the forethought, the knowledge that they're going to do X, Y, and Z. You let them play it out, and then you burn them in a fiery torment for all that eternity. That sounds like an asshole deity. It does. It sounds like a kid burning ants with a magnifying glass. <laughs> yes, bro. exactly. That's that's and, true. And, that, what it and, and like. let me tell you, as an atheist, I feel like I'm giving God like because I'm. Uh, I'm actually an anti-theist, but from a scientific standpoint, I'm not going to go around and say there is no God. Yeah. I don't believe in one, and I think religion has a pervasive impact on society. That's mm -hmm. basically what it comes down to. But I think I'm giving God more credit than mm -hmm. a lot of people that are thumping the hell out of whatever religious text it is that they yeah. espouse belief in. I've been to like different churches where um, where gay people are accepted. Like you know, we grew up Presbyterian. And new, I think that I feel like there's some parts of Presbyterian that don't like gay people, but like the part that you know my family was in, or at least that the church that they go to, they're totally cool with it, right? And so when I see that kind of stuff, I'm just like that. And there was a time where I I really think that the lady that was that was preaching, I thought she was gay, you know, 
And you can, it's, it's crazy seeing someone who is fully living their truth, fully living that and speaking on whatever it is, you know, that that's like, damn, that's better than any preacher anywhere that you can get a message from. Because in my opinion, they're like, man, I, here I am, I'm gay, I'm okay, whatever. I'm totally fine. And they're just throwing love out there. And so I think that if there were, if there was a lot more, <laughs> that's no, not yet. If there was a lot, if there was a lot more of that kind of stuff going on, I feel like a people would have less of this. I'm gay and fuck church. You know what I'm saying? And be like, oh, I just religion is there. You make a choice to either do it or not, and and you're gay. Does that does that so, make sense? So what I'm saying? Because religious seems- folks take note for your business model's sake. <laughs> You need to open the doors up. If you want more people in, more spending people. money, you know, uh-huh. you're going to have to open. Well, that's, yeah, that's what, true. That's what's motherfucking happened over the past few centuries. Yeah. If you look at any of the major religions, yeah. they've all become Businesses. conventionally, well, and they've all, in the United States at least, um, what we perceive as more leftist mm-hmm. stuff. It's drifted, I guess we will say, further left as time has progressed, as, you know, um, suffrage, for example, mm-hmm. prior to suffrage, and again, women are still subjugated, but prior to suffrage, religion's take on you know male to female dynamic was one thing. Post suffrage, it began to adapt, and it's partially due to the financial element of mm-hmm. it. When you have people in the market spending money, the market accommodates, and you yes. fucking see that right now with the Gillette commercial. I was gonna say you so see with it, Pride Month. Is, is is it about love or is it about marketing? It's about marketing, but it's let me tell marketing. you, if if there's a side effect and that's a positive side effect, and that's exactly what Awareness. the fuck it is, well, normalization. Yeah, normalization is going to be the side effect of the capitalist society. You know, I guess f- falling in lockstep that this is enormous portion of individuals that are spending money, mm-hmm. and oftentimes, you know. Um, Gay and lesbian couples oftentimes are more financially sound than straight couples are. Mm-hmm. They tend to be a lot better at spending money, saving money. You don't have a bunch of fuck trophies running around. Yeah. A lot of times. <laughs> Bree, why does that I make like, you laugh? I was like, why are you laughing? I got it now. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I was also reading a study that showed that... Um, a lot of like gay couples tend to go towards the companies that are, you know, doing these things for Pride Month and uh, and helping out the community. Yeah, it's like, good advertising. But I mean, yeah, exactly. But I mean, and that's another study. It showed that you know, forty percent of the people that they interviewed were like, oh, you know, they're just doing it for the marketing. Yeah. But you know, just how do you buy into it now? I mean. At, as soon as June started, I was you were like, "Oh shit!" No, no, no. Well, first of all, because it's my birthday month, and May was like the shittiest month ever. I didn't meet my quota at work. Um, so many things going on. Um, like I, there were just a, there was a lot going on in my life at that in May. That I mean, not near as much as last July, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, it was just like a really, really awful month. So as soon as June first, like May 31st, I was like, June is my month. Mm-hmm. It's my month. Cause you know why? It's pride month. It's my birthday month. And it's just, it's awesome. And as soon as June 1st <laughs> hit, there were all, every, all the companies, they were like rainbow, 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 rainbow. Yeah. And I, I remember, um, uh, 
I saw this meme and it was like all of the companies June 1st and it was like rainbows everywhere and then it was like all of the companies July 1st and it was like uh, it was literally a, a person kicking something. <laughs> <laughs> and Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's super true. Like, I mean, because all these companies, like, as soon as, like, tomorrow, it's all going to be gone. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and if you look into some of their, I guess, capital allocation, a lot of them have dark pasts where they've contributed to uh, politicians or lobbies yep. that are anti-gay. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, you got to be a discerning consumer information here, and that's really the key, is is knowing, okay, you know, this is a good thing for society at large, but I'm not buying your fucking bullshit either. Yeah. I mean, because, like, okay, so... Uh, I went to the Pride Parade in Nashville. It was my first Pride Parade. And honestly, I feel like everyone should go to at least one Pride Parade. Yep. Gay or straight. Because that yeah, they're fun in a motherfucker, yeah, too. That they are, I did a drag show and I had a fucking blast. Yes. Literally. Not the same, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had drag shows there. Huh. Literally one of the mo- like the most loving and accepting places ever. No one gave a shit about anyone. Like... You could just like, but they all it. gave a shit about each other. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and like, okay, so I got there and I was I was with one of one of my best friends and we were watching the parade, and I did I was not prepared with how emotional that was gonna be. Really? Um, that that's like a side a, a side note, but like there there were so many companies with like their brand, like the Dollar General were like people from the Dollar DG? General. Were, like, <laughs> yeah, like, and they were one of the biggest yeah. brands. Like, they had um, a shopping cart, like, car. Their with, headquarters like, is, like, you know, 20 minutes away from there. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> you know? That, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, there were so many other brands just, like, marching, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I mean, it sucks that, like, that we have to pick this one month out of the year to, like, celebrate Pride when it should be celebrated all year. Yeah. Um, the black person in me is looking. No, no, no. no. And exactly. Like, it, why is there only, why is that like just one month for it's very black telling. history? It's like, very it's telling. Very it's like, like it, segregation almost. It's like, okay, this is y'all's bone we're going to throw yeah, y'all. But like, it should be, so like, up. all of this should be celebrated enough to where we don't even have to take a month out of every year. But just, who who is that on? That's on you. White what? people. <laughs> no, I mean like well, no, I, I no it's, on, it's on all of us. It's it, on it's allies all, it's, as well. Yeah, and I feel like that in a perfect world, and and work with me on this. Yeah. In a perfect world, there would be no need for gay pride parades. Yeah, it would be a detail. It would be a minute fucking detail associated it, with your identity. Yeah. Your sexuality should not be a defining it factor. Be a defining but factor. you have to fight so hard mm-hmm. to legitimize your identity that it does become a defining factor. And so the the why I said it's you is it's it's me speaking from a point of privilege, right? And it's because. I and I'm t- I'm speaking just when it comes to being black and, and being Nigerian specifically. I I've known my history before I knew about Black History Month. Before I knew about that there was a month where anyone should be prideful about anything. I was taught from the very beginning that you're proud of who you are and where you come from and you know your heritage and you know all that. I'm more full of my own shit than than anyone, right? And so, does she know your name? Huh? She doesn't know all God my names. God of Thunder. That's all you need to know in these streets. Say it. That's all Say my, that shit. It's, it's Kalo Akumakalo Njako Oma Agobo Akum. That's my real name. That's so pretty. And You're so, three. You say uh, it. 
Yeah, your turn. Uh, no. <laughs> but he goes by thing, Pat, though. Yeah, I go by Eric. But uh, oh, that's my husband. Oh, oh, damn it! Wow. Why is bringing up old shit, Kalu? God. <laughs> but like, I say that it's on you because it's like now that now that this is this is your thing, you know, this is the journey that you're on, like. You've got to live that truth right there, and you—it's—it's it's on you as someone who is hyper aware to be that person. I—you don't have to be going like, "Are you gay? Do you need help? Like, <laughs> hit me up." But just you know, double down on the acceptance part on, well, on just on anything. Well, you, know you talked I mean? about that girl that started working at Spencer's with you. Yeah, like probably without even being deliberate, that made an impact on you, right? Yeah, yeah, it for sure did. So, it, I mean, that's a meaningful thing that you kind of, you got to pay it forward. Pass yeah. it along, pay and, it forward. And read up about the, the things that, read up about the history, you know? Um, I know it's hard to say the history of being gay, but like oh, it's, no, no, no. there well, is. That's an interesting thing. Yes. Right before we started recording, we were talking about, what was it you were saying? That it's a bit overwhelming? Like, I was like, hmm. I got to study, man. Yeah, you got to study. Like, how do you be gay? Because you're talking about, <laughs> what, events? Yeah, like because okay, so I had bought um, a, a a photo a photographic uh, journey of like the history of Pride. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Pride stands for um, I can't remember because I fell asleep reading it the other night. <laughs> but <laughs> You're like it was so boring. It, it was so good, but I was so tired. Um, it, it's just like there. It's, I mean, there's a lot that comes with being gay because like. <laughs> You got to be educated or some people are like, oh, you don't know this? Like, I mean, you don't know the current events? Like within like, the community. Within the yeah. community. It, and it's just like, it ignorance is bliss. <laughs> well, yeah. and then and then also like, that's an interesting like, I guess reciprocity between advocacy and people liking to feel like I'm part, I'm part of this club. And if you don't fall in line, and, and that is something to consider, just because somebody's gay doesn't mean that they're your fucking ally, necessarily. Yeah. Not entirely. And there's a lot of variation. It resides on a motherfucking spectrum. It's not as though that it's like black and white with, what are y'all motherfuckers looking at? <laughs> I was going to read that. Is that actually? Keep going. Sorry. Look, I can't, I can't, y'all were giggling and looking up shit. We're Googling what this, what pride stands for. Mm. It stands for Parents Resource Institute for Drug Education. God, get out. Get, <laughs> get out of the- See, this is, this is what get happens out. when you, when you do really well on uh, getting your, you getting your website. Drink while you was pregnant. No, wait. <laughs> It happens really well when you spend money in Google advertising. Am I gay? Like some church website comes up and you're like, fuck. No, you aren't. Yeah, we'll like, tell no. you why. Yeah, exactly. Click here. But, uh, um, you know, it, it's, I think that that would give everyone some perspective if they researched and just saw the things that would happen to people just for, just for being gay, you know, they people forget that even in the Holocaust, it wasn't just Jews, you know, that there were in gypsies, Jehovah Witnesses, yes, homosexuals, yes, people, people with were getting uh, killed. severe mental illness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, physical maladies as well. And you know what? Like historically, still like it. It was it was something that was encouraged to 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 have a in the times of like the Greeks and Romans and stuff like that. They encouraged their soldiers to have a male lover because when you saw them die in battle, it made you fight harder. So, and then of course, they had 
They, they had, thought women made them weak too. There's yeah, they thought women made it. them weak. And, yeah, absolutely. And so they had bathhouses where men would do stuff with other men. So what I always wondered is like, when did it become? If the largest, most powerful civilization thought that that was said that's hey, this is what we just do. What happened that made it bad? Well, that you see, you see a a real shift culturally whenever the Holy Roman Empire yeah took over, and and people don't understand that there's. Somewhat, there's been a really tumultuous past to when people talk about Roman history. It encompasses a whole lot of shit. Mm. You're not just thinking about like uh, the Ides of March type shit or Caligula. Yeah, it it manifests itself today. The Holy Roman Empire still exists in the form of the Catholic Church. Um, the Vatican is the a current manifestation of the Holy Roman Empire. It's a very wealthy entity, but whenever you see the Holy Roman Empire take over. And um, the Crusades, things like that, that's when you see that shift. The collapse of that um, much more, I guess you would say, uh, intellectualism, um, Epicurean type stuff as well. Everybody was partying, doing a thing, exploring their own stuff. Individualism was a big thing. And then you had this coup, basically. Things mm. fell apart. You had a coup, and then it allowed this very super conservative swing to take hold. So I know that that was a convoluted fucking explanation, <laughs> but the Holy Roman Empire is still around today. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the more you know, it's like we should have a little sound clip. It, play, it made me sweat trying to explain that shit, too. <laughs> you did it so well. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Is that is that history that you had known before or anything like that? Um, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I I honestly hadn't hadn't heard of that, but they sound pretty lit. <laughs> you know? It's like <laughs> sounds pretty lit. You know, what about what about this? What about people that might think that you're just going through a phase because you are young? Oh, you're, yeah, my family does. Okay, so they uh, think it's yeah. just a Yeah, well, uh, like okay, so like I love my aunt to death and she cracks me up Everyone and I know that, that she aunt. yeah yeah I know she loves me and supports me but like she'll she'll make comments like you sure it's not a phase like are yeah. you sure and I'm like yeah I'm sure and she's have they like, like brought guys over to the house or anything like that this <laughs> no. is Tim no 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 I actually brought my best friend Alex home and they're like thank God so and I'm like I'm I'm still gay yeah and I'm I promise we're not. We're just best friends, and they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I love her, and she'll she'll make jokes. Cause I, before I even like came to terms with being gay, she would be like, "Are you gonna tell me you're gay or not?" Like back in yeah. high school, and I would be like, <laughs> "Oh, <Nope. you> stop! <laughs> no, no, not at all." And like, like she, so like my my family, like I, they love and support me, but I'm sure they're most of them are like, this is just a phase, which, I mean, as long as they're trying to love me and support yeah. me, I I think that's what matters. Yeah. Um, and here's the other thing too, in the same way that we we tell people like not to, I don't want to say like stunt your growth, but well, I guess in, in the same way we tell people not to stunt your own growth by pigeonholing yourself into one box and saying, oh, I'm straight or something like that, or oh, I'm gay or whatever, you should always leave that open. And there's a, there's, I think, and this is the beauty of it, in my opinion, is that what if it is? What if you all of a sudden you just decide to be straight again, you know? 
Plot twist. Yeah, plot <laughs> twist. But that's I, I think that what in my opinion, the one thing that would make make the the feeling or the uh if you want to call it the situation more pure in my opinion is if you still leave it open, like you're 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 living this life, there's there's no reservations. You're not boxing yourself in, saying I'm gay now. This is how I'm always going to be. Well, or that's something like that's that. the problem is that you you kind of have to, with society being the way it is, draw your line in the sand if you want to be taken seriously. And that's that's okay. that that's makes the sense. problem. Okay, like. that makes sense. So labels are kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why they're needed anyway. Sure. Like if you need that validation, that's fine. However, with my family, I do need that harsh line to okay. be like, I'm gay because if not, they're not going to take me seriously. They're going to think that like, okay, well, she's not labeling herself. She is in a she, phase. Yeah, yeah. It's just a phase. So I need that harsh label with my family. Sure. So, but with everyone That could else, very well be me speaking from a point of privilege there. Yeah, you know so, what I mean? Just because I've never had to, and you and I have talked about this before we started recording, none of us ever had to decide anything you know we're just like oh I, well like you know I like because well, like. heteronormative just, is the it's default just normal that's and exactly then, yeah and we never again you never encounter a period where you especially through development like i knew early on like i really like women like I, you're a pervy little kid there's yeah. pervy periods in yeah. your life as a little kid it's a normal part of development as children and I, we just we are privileged in that yeah. sense because we don't stuff. have to make a choice because what happens when you make that choice and that and this is what you and I were talking about earlier is that I never had to be like well, was someone going to judge me for being straight there you go is someone going to judge me for and doing that's this the choice the choice yeah. isn't between whether you're gay or straight the choice is between whether you're do you want to put up with the shit or not yeah. that's what the yeah. choice is and then I, I would imagine with with you know it being a spectrum it's not so cut and dry as you know one or the other. You think about the pervasive impact that society puts on individuals. Think about how many people that, if they were allowed to live their best life, so to speak, would be somewhere else on the spectrum, oh as opposed to being entirely well. well yeah. Overwhelmingly, it's choosing the straight. If you could live your best life, when how soon would you have come out? Oh God, I would have came out in high school. Yeah, like yeah, I oh gosh, she way goes, earlier. Was was really? Yeah, like what was your first crush? Who was your first girl crush? <laughs> don't you don't have to say names. You don't have um, to say names. Okay, mine was just Whitney describe Houston. her perfectly until she can hear that. Nice. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Um, <laughs> hey. My first like intense girl crush, um, like. Whenever I like, I had like girl crushes in high school, but I never paid them attention. But like, my first, like, hey, in, buddy, in, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got a fat ass, Tina. Like, my first super intense girl crush, um, where I kind of was just like, oh, when I worked at Spencer's, and yeah, I, and, yeah, and I worked with that girl, yeah. I it was like, do I want to be her or do I want to be with her? Like, yeah. yeah, like she was like, wow, okay, you're okay, girl, do your yeah. thing, yeah, and just like seeing her with her, like, it was like her personality was just like so attractive because she was just like, yeah, I'm gay, 
clarity and confidence clarity. are attractive. Yeah. They are attractive as fuck is what they are. Yeah, and I remember like one night um at <laughs> we were talking at Spencer's and we were like talking about like how many people we had been with and I and everything and then she just kind of looked at me cuz that at that point I was like the first time I had admitted to like <laughs> Kissing girls. <laughs> kissing girls. And yeah, she was my first like intense crush. Cause, um, Do you think she knew it? Probably. She was swagged out. She was Probably. Cause like, I was this like, little chick is filling yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would like make the schedule. And, like we would. Like, I, what days do you Oh no, we work together. <laughs> we work together. <laughs> Not again. I remember my assistant manager coming in and being like, well, we know you made the schedule. <laughs> oh, you got like one bead of sweat? Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, it just worked out like that. You don't understand. <laughs> oh my God. So that was your first one. How, uh, how were interactions like? T- talk. Describe the intensity. I know you said you're her personality, but like, how did she make you feel? Um, she just made me feel really like warm and fuzzy. Like that's it was awesome. Like, that's beautiful. Yeah, like I remember it. Like it was bad. Like I remember this one time, um, my 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 ex husband's dad came in the store and he came up and hugged me and talked to me and then left and then. She was like, who is that? And this other guy was like, oh, that's her fiance's um, father. And I like went over and I was like, we're actually not engaged. Um. <laughs> in case you were wondering. In case you were that wondering. That was a big fucking that joke. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. He, he's wrong. We're, we're not engaged. And wow. like, yeah, like it was, yeah, she was definitely the kind of like, you're gay. <laughs> Did she you, ever tell you, you that? Did she ever like? Did you guys have conversations like that? Um, after that one conversation, I remember her other friend came into the store and was working and was like, "So you're by?" Um, she told us, and I was like, "Yeah, I kind of figured she would." Um, yeah. But I never said that I was bi at the time. That yeah. was before I would like went on that little soul search. Yeah. And I was just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. So. Yeah. What so since being divorced, is it easier for you to like actually approach women and like like have yeah, these conversations I was ask now? About how her game is. So, <laughs> oh, I'm suave. <laughs> no, no, so no, no. she has no game. <laughs> she has none. No, no, no. So okay, so I was officially divorced May seventeenth of this year. Yeah. Um, it was a really long process, and that is because um people talk divorce up so much and act like you cannot have it if you're not rich and can afford a lawyer. Yeah. So I was waiting on my first huge commission check to even like talk to a lawyer about divorce because I didn't know that you can actually file by yourself mm-hmm. for two hundred and twenty four dollars in this fine county of Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. Um, had I like I like sticky noted everything, had everything wrote out, you sent just it inspired to inspired a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> just like, like, where's this yeah. bowling green at? Live y'all's you best are life. not you're not trapped. It does not cost an arm and a leg to get divorced. So um, discount divorces. Yeah. Hey, and, and if you feel trapped, inbox us. We might be able to do some resource Listen, linkage. Yeah. You can get divorced if your husband or wife is incarcerated. There's a form just for that. Like you wow. can do it all by yourself, and it's so amazing. Like you can just go to the courthouse and so they get you get that motherfucker info. arrested today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so like. 
the being divorced now, like I was, I wasn't as open about like being, I mean, I was open about being gay. Like everybody at work knows I'm gay and like, I'm not like the only place I wasn't really that open was in my hometown. So now being gay, um, and being officially divorced on, and coming out on Facebook, like I feel completely just weightless. Like I feel so happy. I've been super happy at work. Like just being myself, like I, the past week and a half week, I've been in such a wonderful mood. Like nothing can bring me down. I got cussed out for like five minutes at work the other day and I was like, have a nice day, ma'am. <laughs> like, I, nothing could stop me. Just being 110% Did she have that me. haircut? Yeah, she had the you know what I'm talking about. Haircut. She did. Her name was Donna, actually. <laughs> Donna. It was probably my cousin. Donna, <laughs> if you listen, you a raggedy bitch. I'm just kidding. It wasn't Donna. Is your, is your cousin a... Is she a uh, She's a raggedy bitch. Huh, yeah. really? <laughs> um, she live here in Bowling Green? I don't know where she lives. We used to fight a lot when we were younger. Really? Yeah. She's Aww. strong, dude. She's really? real strong, yeah. Strong Donna. Strong Donna with the freckles. <laughs> with the freckles. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, just being able to be 110% me, I'm, like, way more confident. Like, you can ask my friends, like, I, like, okay, so I bought these new pants um, from the men's section, and I was kind of nervous, but I got them, and they give me, like, the best ass ever. So I, like, put them Look, on. I feel you. Look, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Literally, I put them on. I have on. a pair of pants that's like, yeah. I got these cakes, bro. <laughs> Literally, I put them on last night because we were going to go out. Um, me, and, me and my best friend were going to go out, and I put them on, and he caught me checking my ass out and was like, ooh, confident bitch and like i was like i already know i look good so you know, you know that's you know the the best thing that you said just then and the was pockets that, are dope on men's pockets yeah yeah too. yes so many women's pockets suck phone in yeah. there yeah they pretend ass pockets on yeah. y'all shit sometimes or the shit that they try and give y'all the uh the best thing that you said and it was, and it was beautiful is that you said that you felt weightless I don't think you understand how many people, gay or straight, just want that feeling. You know, one of the things that we talk about in many episodes, we say travel lightly. You know, move your way through this life carrying as little baggage as possible. And it's really, really, really hard to feel that way. To the point where, like, people dream for a, a type of weightlessness where someone will cuss you out and you're just like, oh, I'm good. Like, you'll get your ass beat cussing me out. Like that's just and it's and it's not because run up on him. He, I yeah. think he's fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. No, but it, the thing is that kind of stuff that comes up there because I carry the baggage of pride and I carry the baggage of thinking that I'm the shit or thinking that like having this you know bloated you ego know, ego like that type of baggage will make me beat someone's ass if they come out there and start talking shit to me or something like that. But for you to feel like oh. Okay, have a good day. Man, that's 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 a feeling that I envy, truthfully. Like so, Yeah, go ahead. No, go, go. no, no, you're good. You're good. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so the, the the that weightless feeling, the 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 okay, so on my birthday, um my my best friends threw me a surprise party. I've never been surprised before. Yeah. Um I thought I was just going out to dinner. So you're like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just farted a little bit. <laughs> I just thought I was going out to dinner, and I received this really awesome gift. Um, and so I put on my good pants. I was feeling my, pants. Yeah, yeah, I was feeling myself. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get dinner. 
It's my birthday. I just came out. I don't really know what anyone said on Facebook because I just You're at the turned... restaurant. What do gay people order out here? <laughs> and you're just <laughs> up, like, zipping your fly. Zipping your fly. Yes. <laughs> like, look at this, man. Look Literally, at this. Literally. My, since I've gotten those pants, my hands just stay in my pocket. I'm just like, look at <laughs> this. I have phone, wallet, keys, pocket. We're good. You, can, yeah, you don't even you. know they're in my pocket. I you. So I get to the restaurant um, and we're, we went to Smoky Bones. I get to the restaurant and they were like Fire. two. Yeah. Places fire. I was there like two, and as soon as I went to say yes, I heard everybody go, surprise, happy birthday, and I turned around, and it was just everyone that, yeah. like, I, I just, like, I, I, everyone, and, yeah. and I, like, I cried a little bit. I, I like tried to wipe that shit away before I got over there. Though. I you're was like, like you're, "You're tough." <laughs> <laughs> That's for straight bitches. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> for straight bitches. <laughs> we don't play around with that no more. I'm gay now. I'm lumberjack gay. <laughs> I'm a lumberjack gay. Um. So I got up to the table and like. Uh, like a few minutes later, we like went out. We went outside to the like outside table. I keep hitting this it's mic. Okay. I'm so sorry. Um, You're still uh, doing better than Chris. Oh, yeah, I just be smacking it around <laughs> like it's a ball of yarn. Um, so we're sitting out there eating. Everybody's talking, and I just kind of like sat back and like looked at everyone, and I'm, I was just like, "This is like the nicest feeling ever. Like yeah. I have so many people that love me. Like I am just I'm myself. Like I'm free. Like this is." I like I honestly am so lucky and like that feeling right there I was yeah. just like wow like I would have never last year on my birthday I would have never imagined that I would ever have a feeling oh. like that and now like we were saying imagine people who go 20 years you know without something like or that. fucking just, never do. or never going through it have you ever heard of a Boston marriage no it was when two women would cohabitate and this is like suffrage era or pre-suffrage or whatever but a boston marriage was when two women typically in the new england area because that's where the derivation of the term comes from but they would cohabitate and it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of saying that they were lesbians hmm. but there's a little factoid if all sorts of if you want to know about boston marriages look it it's up in chapter seven of your book but you fell asleep oh, and didn't yeah. read it. Um, <laughs> i got to the u-haul lesbian part I, I lesbian. Wait, 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 this. wait you, you guys don't know what that is Kalu, oh, no. Kalu you are a u-haul lesbian this, <laughs> this term this term this term is so fun it's my favorite u-haul lesbian is literally because lesbians will start talking in two weeks later they're like and then move in together yeah, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. start dating like they'll okay so there's a meme and it's like straight people you live 30 minutes away that's too far and it's like lesbians you live uh 24 hours away i'm coming down this weekend and like like i mean i mean my my ex-girlfriend is from oklahoma like we we, we found each other on twitter yeah yeah and like i remember like i would fly and see her and i, I was like my mom was like you're just wasting money and i was like it's no big deal like it's fine i'm just, everything's fine like it's, well it's, i mean there's a in, in i would imagine that in the community there's there's a type of closeness where you're like, there's no borders anymore. But but They're it's just... almost inexplicable. If you've seen it firsthand, yeah. all right, when I was in college, when I was an undergrad, I lived with two straight dudes and two gay dudes in this big old house over on West, and we called it the Plantation. Mm-hmm. And we lived at the Plantation. It was my melungeon ass, two black dudes and two white dudes that resided here. But then, you know, a, a lot of us, we had friends 
that are lesbians. More so, it just happened to be a lot of lesbians that came over and would stay for prolonged periods of time. Are they cute? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I'll be real. Uh, I hope they ain't listening right now. Y'all just not my type. I don't know. (laughs) But Tony, my friend Tony, he was like, because there was like four women staying in our little guest room downstairs just... They'd all be laid out down there in the morning when I went to work. Tony was like, yeah, I bet you if we got a satellite photo of our house, it'd look like a titty from outer space. And I was like, that's why. No, it's a legit phenomenon. I don't know why it happens, but it's like, they'll get to talking and then it's, yeah, we're moving in together. So that's how, so that was your first girlfriend after the divorce. That was my first, yeah, first official, like, girlfriend. Okay, um, so are you seeing anyone right now, or? No, no, no. How we, is the dating scene? New, you're just now out, how is it? I mean, I'm not really dating right now. I'm, like, trying to, like, figure, like, my, my, I have a really bad habit of, like, being super codependent and, like, depending on that other person for happiness. Like, I, and kind of, like, molding myself into whatever they want or need at the time. So, for me, I went straight from high school into, like, this serious relationship, marrying this man, and then after, like, leaving him, like, going right into this. So, I never really had time to take to myself and figure out, like, hey, you like this, not that, because you only liked that because you were with them. Mm -hmm. So, that's what I'm doing right now. As far as the dating scene goes, I'm not... Well, I'll be real. Like I, me and my girlfriend been together for like five months right now. Prior to that, I could just straight up say like the dating scene for straight people is abysmal. So I mean, it's a it's a narrower pool too. Like you got to there's yeah, cause fewer I mean, people. Because I mean, okay, you go to a bar and you can't just assume that like someone's gay like you can whenever you're straight and you like go up to a woman or you go up to a man like it's not like that because one you don't want to be that creepy gay person that's just like hitting on people because it's not in most people's norms so they're either gonna like freak out um or they're gonna be like oh so it's really hard to like and like it's not like people just wear a label that's on their forehead that's like i'm gay come hit on me you it's it, I mean, it is harder because, like, you can't just assume people are gay and you can't assume that people are going to, like, take well to you being gay. So mm-hmm. it's just, like, you you can't just, like, buy someone a drink and be like, hey, little... Just sit and feel it so, out. Hey. So straight people out there, and we're not telling you to, to go along with some creepy shit, but straight people out there, if somebody approaches you and they're being reasonable about some shit, just take it as a compliment. Take, Move on with your yeah, motherfucking man. life. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I got hit on by a gay, by a gay dude, like, it was because I'm so... Like, full of myself. I was like, I am the shit. Because you're a daddy bear. Huh? You're a daddy bear. You'd be a daddy you, bear. You would be. I'd be a daddy bear? What's yeah. a daddy bear? You're a daddy and a bear. Because you got money and you a big old motherfucker. <laughs> oh. Look oh. how look. He was like, oh, sorry. Like, I thought you meant so like a, a gay- furry. Huh? I'm not <laughs> a furry. No, he suit. has nobody like, hair. Right, no hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, that's kind of awesome. I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not gay, but like, it's but kind I, of awesome. But I, yeah. If I was gay, I would be a daddy bear, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, I just think it's, you know, it's, um, and I think the part that was the, the best for me, even more than the fact that someone just thought I was cute, you know what I mean, is the fact that someone, they felt open enough to go and shoot their shot, no matter what. Like, it, 
I just think of because I'm I'm such a stupid history junkie type of thing. Like I just think of like someone, and it still could have happened. Like someone would have beat your ass or something like that for mm-hmm. shooting your shot mm-hmm. just years ago. Well, and, and something not to gloss over. I mean, people are people. You know, yeah. just because somebody is gay doesn't mean that they have noble intentions. Yeah. So yeah, that's something to keep in mind. And like if I'm up on Facebook at two o'clock in the morning. And I get a hey message from a, a dude that I know is gay. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm probably not going to respond to that message. And it's not because of any homophobia that's associated with it. It's like, I, I'm not going to be forced into a conversation where I have to be like, uh, no, thank you. And that's Facebook. Yeah. Because dudes is dudes is dudes. Yeah. And dudes be hollering on Facebook like just arbitrarily like because yeah. it's easy to just drop something in somebody's inbox mm. and if they don't respond to it you just move on with your motherfucking life yeah. but like i said dudes is dudes is mm. dudes and like the the thing like me like i my biggest fear is coming across as that creepy gay person i i don't want to be that i want to be that like which i mean i just want i want to be i don't want to first of all when someone thinks about me i don't want to be the gay person i just want to be brie mm-hmm. um but like the okay so i mean i had this guy that i went to high school with that i literally said two words the whole time that i'm friends with on facebook message me this this month and go hey brianna how are you and i was just like what you uh, know yeah, you know no, that's what i'm saying like, yeah. what? and and again <laughs> like i work in a female dominated field it's overwhelmingly women and it is one of the most comfortable environments for me cuz i can just walk around and just be my little dumb ass self and everybody but when you're around dudes Dudes have frail egos and there's weird shit fucking going on. Yes. There's, there's ego invariably associated with it. Where as a group of women, there, even though there might be conflict here and there, and I don't want to generalize across the board, but there's more cooperation and less like, well, me, what about my motherfucking opinion? Like that kind of shit. So they, there is that entitlement. Whether you are straight or gay, male, male is default. Remember, male to female, if you look at normative shit, males, there's no reason to have male pride parades. Yeah. Uh, Males feel entitled to holler at you and get in your DMs on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And that's why I said dudes is dudes is dudes. Because in in me ignoring, that's the best thing that I can do. And I imagine if I was a, a woman and heterosexual dudes was hollering at me, the best thing I can do is just fucking ignore it 90% of the time. Just yeah. why 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 address it? If it happens in person though, ah, yeah. Oh, thank you, but no, yeah. I got Where a girlfriend. You, <laughs> Where do you see Bree in in five ten years? So hopefully, I get my damn degree. God, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you getting a degree in? Um, I really want to get a degree in Spanish and be a translator in a hospital, and I kind of sort of want to get a minor in like sign language. You got. We got a connector with Zach. Zach is in town. He's um. Yeah, he's, that would be great. Yeah, he's my cousin uh, by marriage, but cousin's cousin. And um, he's, he's a white a, dude that's like smaller than me. Huh? If you've seen him, he's a white dude smaller than when Clue said it's my cousin. I was yeah. like, show her a picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he is. Uh, he was born in uh, South Carolina. You know, Columbia, South Carolina. It's and, an awful state. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he moved to Columbia. And uh, Colombia, and uh, he learned Spanish with just the whole immersion method. He just went there and was just like, rode the taxis and learned from the guy, and you know, listened to different uh, 
shows and all that kind of stuff. And he is like a big time YouTube star. Like, nice. and uh, so. Uh, Sp- it, particularly in the Spanish it, Yeah, in the Spanish community. And it is, you know, specifically in Colombia. And so. How many uh, subscribers does he have on YouTube? <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Like over a million. Well, he's got two different channels. He has a Spanish channel, then like his, his English, English channel. one. His Spanish one's blowing up. It's yeah. great. He was like half a million when we yeah. interviewed him. Yeah, yeah. So it's, probably, it's nuts. So um, it's a great episode for you to watch also yeah. listen to. It's the it's the initials are FYFT, stands for find your fucking thing. And it's just about yes. him just finding his thing and saying, you know, throwing throwing all the, the life that he had here essentially away and then going and just doing his thing over there. Uh I, I would love to connect you with him because and Please he's do. in town. He was we, he was over at the he's house. He's a very sincere, like yeah. um like genuinely searching for for connections. And I mean mm-hmm. like sincere connections like yeah I, I he's hard to describe man but he was an open book like mm-hmm. a motherfucker yeah nice. it'd be great to have, have uh I'll, I'll connect you with him he's in town for a little bit longer um yeah so you want to be speaking spanish you want to be a sign language teacher why is that i meant sort of like where do you see yourself in terms of just being out and in the open like being with someone here being <laughs> in another town where oh, it's wow. more acceptable or, or anything like that Way to take the question way too literal, Bree. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, uh, Bree, no one fucking cares about sign language. Um, <laughs> I'm just put your hands down. Put your hands down, Bree. I'm doing my hands. Um, as far as wow, that really just went way over my head. It's okay. <laughs> um, as far as being out and stuff, honestly, I want to get more involved in like um, with like and and be in the the activist club. Um, but I I want to get more involved than I am now and, and kind of just be open and, like, unapologetically me so much that I can, like, be that window to people that that girl was for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want someone to see me and be like, oh, well, it's okay to be open and, like, she's happy. Like, it's... And she's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's okay to to just be yourself. Like yeah. That's the that was the the one thing that I was really hoping that you would say. It's more than wearing. You said you bought rainbow underwear. Like it, it's more than it's more than doing that. It's more than having the stickers. It's about just being yourself. Yeah, like it. It's it, and that's it. They're just being yourself, and and like it. And also, and also, not tolerating the bullshit that you that you tolerated before. When you didn't know essentially who you were, right? I think one of the major keys is not just like, it's not just about openly being gay. It's like when someone says some like correcting motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If someone says, says some hateful shit, telling them like, I'm not okay with you saying that. Yeah. I think that's that's one really big thing. That is, in my opinion, that's how you draw that line in the sand and saying, like, this is who I am. And me being, like, the huge people pleaser that I am. That I think that's going to be a big struggle for you. Like, this month, in this month as a whole, like, has, I have completely, like, turned. Yeah? In, in being like, you know what? No. Good. This is how Good. I feel. Like, I cannot tell you, like, if you talk to Alex, um... And a few of my other friends, they will tell you that like I'm completely different this month than I ever was. Like I, I don't take that crap as much as I used to. Like, and and I'm not just trying to please people. Like, and I know with my family, 
it was it's really hard for me to separate myself and not just want to please them all the time but mm-hmm. th- this month I, i've just been and i mean i love my family i i love you guys so much um but it, it's just it's really hard for me to not want to just do everything to like m- like be the best person i can be for them but this month and with everyone else i've, I've just been like you know what no mm. this is me that's one thing that we did talk about like auditing your circle like Mm -hmm. even if it involves family like you know they're gonna drag you a certain way and if that's not the way that you want to go boundaries you just got boundaries boundaries are a healthy thing regardless of who you're dealing with Mm -hmm. let me ask you kind of this might seem out of left field but um and i'm just pulling this out of there do you would you consider yourself a perfectionist and or procrastinator or are you more like yes. Johnny on the spot with no, stuff? No, I'm a perfectionist and procrastinator for well, sure. Well, I am too. And what I have found that has bolstered my functionality, for me to be like an advocate for people with severe mental illness or the homeless or whatever, is getting over, in, instead of doing things perfectly, just motherfucking pulling the trigger on them, has made a world of difference in the way I function A through Z now. Mm-hmm. It's just, Chris, just fucking do it. Just put it out there, do it. If it's not perfect, learn from it, make it better next time. <clears throat> but you end up sitting on your hands, and also that correlates with the people-pleasing thing. It's You, you end up fucking walking on eggshells, or eggshells, eggshells, yeah, everywhere like, that whoa. you motherfucking... Yeah, I got Eastern Kentucky real fast. <laughs> but just learning to immerse yourself and know that breaking a few eggs... And pissing people off is a absolute normal thing when you're headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. That's helped me immensely. Again, as a procrastinator and perfectionist, just pull the fucking trigger on things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of <clears throat> my friend was talking to me. It was either today or yet. Well, I don't know. We're, we're just going to say the other day because the, the other day can mean anything. <laughs> um, so she was reading me this thing and it was kind of just talking like, you know, people that don't understand what you need in your life right now don't have to be there. Mm-hmm. And if they don't understand it, then that's okay. They weren't meant to just, they weren't meant to be there permanently. And it, it's just like, that's really true. I yeah. mean, cause this is, I mean, this is me right now. If you don't understand that or get that, then, and I remember specifically, um, te- I texted someone and I was just like, you know, and whenever I was telling them about like coming out, I think it was either my grandma or my dad. And I was like, you either love me or you lose me. Hmm. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. That's, that's heavy for some people to, to take. And, uh, for me, I mean, you can, you can still love someone and at least on your end, you can still love them. And, um, but you don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to tolerate their shit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that, I think too many people attach love to like having to like be a certain way. It's like no. Well, and again, you don't we, have to. We sound like broken records with this shit. If you anybody's listened to podcasts with any degree of consistency, but um, you are not beholden to anyone, and mm-hmm. time is absolutely your most precious commodity that exactly. you can ever have. It's what you use. Brandon's old raggedy bitch. I was was batting it around, but you use time to convert. It's it's the currency that you convert into all other types of currency. So if you're allowing people moments of your time, whether that be them paying, them living rent free in your motherfucking head, or actively interacting with you 
face to face or online or whatever, you are still investing. It's mm-hmm. it's as, it's more precious than money ever fucking thought of being. Mm-hmm. And we spend so much of our most precious resource pleasing people that don't give it a second thought unless you're not pleasing them. In the absence of you so so they're taking it for granted. Your your baseline. They're not like, "Oh, I really appreciate the way this person is treating me." They have that expectation of that type of treatment. And when you strip them of that, there's resistance. And then the who who are the real people re- reveal themselves? It's natural for mm-hmm. people to to have some resistance to you breaking that decorum. But the real people, like you said, either love me or lose me. Motherfuckers will step to, up to the plate. They will step if, up. If, yeah, if they really are invested in your well being. Mm-hmm. And I think the a good way to to find out who those people are is is by showing that is by you know showing gratitude to the you know to the world or you know paying it forward paying it forward you know we and this is going to be like the third or fourth time that I've said it you know in in our different episodes but gratitude's a it's a big thing for us right and we say that gratitude pursued will always elude but gratitude given will always return and so the fact that you have been able to figure this out at such an early age man god damn show shows gratitude right there you know and 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 just like what you were saying be that window and be that resource and and really help other people especially young women that are out there trying to figure out who they are um just gay straight whatever just trying to figure out who they are because man it's rough out there i'm saying this as a man just on the outside looking in it's rough out there for women Right. And and we are not static beings, especially like from the early 20s to like the early 30s. You do a lot of um, sexual identity aside, you do a lot of developing and maturing mm-hmm. and uh, crystallization of like really concrete concepts. I know there's like a lot of alliteration in that motherfucker, but <laughs> you know, you're in your late 20s before the brain is really yes. Formed all of the meaningful connections as it's going to. Mm-hmm. And then pruning pretty much fucking begins after that shit. The mm-hmm. whole, if you don't use it, you lose it yeah. thing. So whenever people assign values, and again, sexual identity aside, they assign static values to beings that are not static. They're mm-hmm. ever evolving and changing and developing in accordance to who they want to be or who society wants them to be. So yeah. it's really, it, it's up to the individual whether they want to be an active participant in their own motherfucking life or not. Yeah. So, all right. Do you have any, you know, where can people find you? Do you want people to follow you or anything like that? Or, sure. All right. Where can people find you? Well, my, my name across the board, Instagram, Twitter is Awesome Bree. Awesome Bree. Just awesome and then Bree and then B-R-E-E. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Damn, you, you the only one. Maybe you had yeah, to throw no numbers on yes. the end or nothing. No, I have been Awesome Bree. You was hype as fuck about that. Yes. Like, I was yes. the only. I was Awesome Bree since 2009, so you know. All right. Damn. All right. Do you have any shameless shout-outs? We, we call them shameless shout-outs, like people that you want to just, you know, shoot some love to or anything like that. Or hate. Kalu just said shoot some love to, and I just want everybody to realize that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and yeah. I am repulsed by you right <laughs> now. Like, you make me sick. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, okay. I just want to shout out to my best friends right now. Um, you guys are so incredible with all the love that you show me. Cool. And like the push and yeah, making me bold. Yeah. That's good. That's good. 
Brandon, do you have any shout outs? I do. I just want to say that <laughs> I'm ready for this oh, goddamn cycle challenge to be over. We're going to beat your legs up. <laughs> I beat my own legs up. <laughs> yeah, but, you do. But yeah, the great cycle challenge. By the time that this airs, uh, it will be over now. And I put in over 270 miles. Nice. nice. I'm yeah. so proud of you. Yeah, Thank man. You. Thank you. At least somebody appreciates look at me. Him, huh? Look at them tree trunks. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was looking at his thick legs, too. Thick them, thick them. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Close them, your eyes. I can't see them. Goddamn <laughs> getaway sticks you got on you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm almost at my goal. So I mean, I may just throw in a few dollars just to try what's to get you, there. What's your goal? It was five hundred dollars. Well, how short are you? Ninety eight dollars. So I'm, I'm pretty close. So I might just throw a little, go ahead, a little bit look, more. Go ahead, Daddy Bear. Get them together. Come on, Papa Bear. Oh, I know you're rich. Since you said Papa Bear, you just bought a pool. Huh? <laughs> and you, you got ducats, Kalu. But Stop it. no, all this money, <laughs> all this money. Um, all together, we've raised over $8 million going towards children's cancer research. Awesome. So, yeah. And seeing the faces of all the little children and like them holding up the little sign saying, thank you. Yeah. Like, it just, it warms my heart. And I all love right. that. And I also want to give another little shout out. Like, so uh, I was out catching a slip from this little birdie. I put a ring on on the, on the 20 <laughs> the other day. Uh, I slingshot it around guy? her. Who is this man? Like, like, a little white wheeler. And, the, you know, yeah, I just had you to just feel call that her quick... white wheeler. No, no, no. <laughs> I had to feel that freedom one more time, you know. And then the other day, the sky got a little bit angry. What is happening? And what left is happening? The acid that I slipped in his beverage is yeah, kicking in. Yeah, like, kicked in. With five left, and you know, the what sky, the fuck is? The I don't sky know. I decided that my sweat wasn't enough for my shirt. Everything's I'm editing the hell out of this. <laughs> so we pedaled through, and I, you know, I just made sure I wasn't going swimming on that pavement, but. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I'm proud of that little Bruni of mine. I'm proud of my wife. Cocaine's no, a hell of a drug. That's definitely staying in there. Oh, wow. Everything's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't speak jive, Brandon. <laughs> I was just like, who is this man? Chris, do you have any shameless shout outs? I just want to shout out Brandon for saying, calling a brunette a Bruni. Yeah, he did. He First did of call all, I think everybody in this room needs to take that home with them today. <laughs> Like, look at that Bruni. It's like, hey, Bruni. Um, I would like to give a shameless shout out. You know, the typical uh, Tyler Young at Grade Eight Performance, uh, BG Powerhouse. Give them a shout if you're looking to really either just get into being a better creature physically, or you want to take that shit to the next level. That's who to talk to. So yeah. give them a shout, and then um, also. I think I brought this up last time, but I have been in talks with a lot of local developers, contractors, community partners um, regarding the housing situation in Warren County, Kentucky. And like I said, I brought it up last time how everybody's looking forward, like they're developing, gentrifying. Everything is looking to uh, capitalize on the, the student market. Housing that's kind of in the eight hundred to fifteen hundred dollar range, whereas the study that was done um, that was pretty expensive, I might say, but has some amazing data and it shows that we are in desperate need of uh, affordable housing in mm -hmm. Bowling Green, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So I just want that to be on everybody's radar out there. If you're listening and you're involved or want to be involved in any meaningful way, addressing, um, you know. The homeless, the ever increasing homelessness issue, and then also what amounts to uh, cultural displacement in Bowling sure, Green, Kentucky. Sure. So you're more than welcome to reach out to me, uh, reach out to the Salumist account if you have any questions. 
I'm more than happy to to break bread with you about it. I would love as many people to be brought to the table on this as cool. possible. Uh, I'd like to give a shameless shout out to uh, JP Mann at uh, Hefty Lefty Club Works. Uh, they make awesome clubs, and uh, if you want to have your shit customized, JP can handle that stuff for you. Uh, he was on our episode, uh, our depression episode, and it's you know even since that episode, he and I have been just talking about every episode or just regular stuff in general. And so I just want to let him know I'm I'm still looking after him. I'm I'm just proud of him, and uh, I wish you know him and his wife the best. And w- I definitely you know we want to have them on for for more content because they're just I think that. They were both great on their own episodes. I think it might be a little bit hilarious having them together oh, yeah. on one. So <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, I think it would make some, for some really good stuff. But I definitely want to give a shout to Hefty Lefty Club Works. Um, I want to give a shout to Bartley Weaver. Um, he's going to be starting. Um, I know he's got a show uh, in nine weeks that he's getting ready for. But one of the things that he's doing is uh, he's doing a I think it's an eight week challenge. And I'm gonna actually sign up for that. I'm gonna, you know, you know, not eat like a slut as much as I, uh, as much as I do. And uh, you, you are a slut. I, know. I swear to yeah. God. Like I'll go lift one day, then drown in a fucking bowl of queso. Yeah, just, he'll show up over here with wing sauce on his mouth. That's and I'm like, what have you done? <laughs> He's just like, I'm his shirt up. collars all stretched out. But uh, it's bad. yeah, I, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, jump on one of those uh, uh, for him and uh, just you know clean up a diet. See how eight weeks is gonna is gonna do. Uh, for me, so I'm looking forward to that, uh, and I'm also saying that for some accountability. Um, so after we get done recording, I'm gonna go get some shit and uh, to prep. You said eight week. weeks, yeah. So I gotta bring this shit up eight more times. I'm not gonna be like Brandon. Uh, so well, I'm, the I'm, next time you're gonna hear about this, it'll probably be in eight weeks. So <laughs> and you're gonna be all sexy flexy. I hope to be sexy flexy. Okay. So well, we also I got- just get bored at the gym, you know. And, That's why uh, I took lifting, some time yeah, off, man. Yeah, lifting's just gotten boring. Um, but I also uh, started going to another gym, and uh, I still have my regular membership. But I went to, a, I said I wanted to go to a place where I'm kind of like I don't really have to see anyone. Like I just want to be nobody for a while, you know. And so I went to a, a new gym. I'm not even going to say the name, just because you know, like Planet Pizza. No, it's not mm, that gym. Not a pizza. Huh? But uh <laughs> shout uh, out to pizza. Yeah, pizza's fire. But uh uh I'm just going and lifting there and my workouts have been really good the past 2 days. I've had really really good workouts over there. I'm just a lot more focused cuz I don't know anyone yeah. and uh and so that part has been really good. I'm just looking forward to some more progress out there. So that was the accountability shout out that I uh, that I'm gonna make. Well, so. and we can't forget it's been a while, but uh, Ryan Hines. Yes, I was Ryan say, Hines. he's got some new products. Out. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, he has his new uh, uh, fat burner fat product. Burner. Yeah, yeah. Um, CEO. Yeah, CEO underscore Oxology Labs. Okay. Uh, he makes and I still take his pre workout. It's fantastic. Pre workout been getting me through these miles. Really? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. saw him the other day at work, and I was just like, hey, man. I've yeah. been using this every time. I need to be shouting yeah. you out. But yeah. yeah, look, I use it on every day except for deadlift day. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, because it's, it will it will give you the most ferocious pump, yes. and you don't need your lower back on swole like that yeah. when you try and lift shit. Like yes, you, like, absolutely. Oh my God, what's really going on? Yeah. So shout out to him. We I use your shit with the exception of deadlift day. Yeah. So and I do want to give uh, one last shout out to Josh Biggs um, at Fuel Nutrition. Um, the cool thing with Josh is that he's stepping into MMA. And so you know how fucking big this he's man huge. is. I just want to 
take a moment to pray for the motherfucker that he has to fight <laughs> because the mountain. Yeah, I mean, like he'll have to fight the mountain. Does he have any kind of like martial arts background? Uh, he so, looks. Or is like he it. just I running mean, like, off, just being a, a specimen? I mean, he's yeah, he's just athletically gifted, but he's getting training from some really, really top-notch people, and so I'm excited to see what happens for him because uh, I don't get into UFC or anything like that much, but. I'd love to see Josh beat the shit out of someone because that's just one of those things where it's like, what'll really that's happen? That's my buddy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all we've got for today, guys. Uh, please continue to kick all the ass. If you guys are listening and you have questions about just your sexuality or anything like that and you want to come and talk with us or talk with Bree or anything like that, let's get the conversation yeah, if you need an started. advocate, I know, yeah, I know we come off with some crash shit and we act immature and stuff, but honest to God, when you're broaching issues like his... Pulling punches and acting real PC about things, I think that that's not like, the way to do it. No, it's it's mildly disgusting in yeah. my opinion. So, yeah. you know, you wander kind of recklessly through the woods, you're liable to find some cool shit. Exactly. So that's kind of our take on things. All right, guys. So thank you all for your time. Thank you for listening. Follow us at The Salumist on Insta or at The Salumist Podcast on Instagram uh, or check us out on Facebook, The Salumist on there. Go to our website, www.thesalumist.com. Uh, buy some merch on there if you want. Uh, also, uh, if you want to listen to the episodes on there, just add slash podcast and you can stream it from your browser. And uh, I think that's it. We love you guys. Have a good weekend and we are out. Especially brief. <laughs>